0: What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number twelve point eight, and we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Xenogears. Uh, cat's out of the bag. Yes, we are beating Xenogears. We have completed it, and now we're going to talk about it. Some people thought this would never happen. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't either. But um, but yeah, I got with me, Matt. <laughs> But yeah, um you know what? I want to go ahead and start off by talking about uh, our emails. So we got two emails, um, and I just want to go ahead and bring those up because we're going to have a lot to talk about since we're covering all of this too. Uh, the first one comes in from Chad, and he says, oh, the title is It's Alive. And uh, he says, well, shit. I had already started uh, drafting my sermon for December 7th in honor of Video Game Remembrance Day. Now that's ruined. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, it was awesome surprise, you sneaky turds. Uh, I'm actually packing to leave for an early morning flight to the Dominican, uh, but thought it absolutely necessary to take the time to write an email, considering I was one of the biggest assholes to bust your balls over this game, all in good fun, of course. Uh, In fact, you have inspired me. I was planning on playing uh, Steins Gate while on my trip, but I do in fact have my last save on Vita for Xenogears, where I stopped after episode 12.6. I think I'll finish that up instead. Uh, Xenogears is one of my favorite RPGs, but also, I wholeheartedly admit, I look back at the game with rose-tinted glasses. It is a product of its time, but when I played it, I had the benefit of nobody overhyping it for me. Uh, that c- can make a huge difference on how a person initially experiences and remembers a game. To this day, I still get a warm fuzzy when listen, when I listen to the orchest- orchestral soundtrack. The music is probably one of my favorite parts of the game. I first played the game on a demo disc. I think it was either, it either came with Parasite Eve 2 or Brave Fencer Musashi. I can't remember. Uh, it was the same disc that had the demo for Final Fantasy VIII. I have to admit, I wasn't impressed with the demo and wasn't interested in the game. At some point, there was a game release, lull, and I was jonesing for a long RPG. You guys are old enough to remember there was a point in time where several months would pass without any interesting releases. It was a great time to get caught up on backlogs. Well, I picked up Xenogears during one of those lulls and played it to the point I got to the desert city. Once I got that far, I was hooked and knew I stumbled across a very special game. It all had the marking, or had all the makings of being a fantastic and continuous saga. I was super excited years ago when I heard Zeno Gears was supposed to be episode five in a bigger saga, a la Star Wars. Then Zeno Saga episode one came out, and I wasn't quite—it wasn't quite the same. Uh, not bad, but not the same. Then Zeno Saga episode two and three, which got better as it continued. Unfortunately, it didn't have the following they hoped for, and the series died, and the studio was dismantled. I don't think anything would elate me more than a revival of the series, except maybe a revival of Suikoden, but I think uh, that is well beyond the realm of possibility. At least through this podcast, I can still get a little shot of adrenaline over the series as folks continue to experience it for the first time. Anyway, once again, this is a pleasant surprise, death to a long-running meme, and a nice little bone for your listeners. Yours truly, Chad. P.S. Had anyone... Already mentioned the small crossover between Xeno Gears and Final Fantasy 7. If you remember Cloud Strife had a freak out at one point when he realized he was only remembering Zack's memories, not his own, started walking on a rock Started walking on rock ceilings and stuff, then mentioned Xeno Gaius, which made absolutely no sense in that game. Xeno Gears came out roughly a year later. It was also kind of parallels the weird freak out Thay has. Thank hmm. you. For that email. Yeah, much appreciated. And then we have another email from Dustin. And uh he said Friday was a great day. Not only did Phoenix down shadow drop twelve point seven after a few years of badgering, my wife found out she's pregnant the same day. Well congratulations. Uh we hope her first child is a masculine child. That's, that, uh 12.7 is a special for me It's special for me And that's how I found out about this podcast I was browsing the N4G site And saw a post about Gears, And when I checked it out I was delighted that it was a podcast And I was just starting to discover How awesome they are Downloaded them instantly And found out it was actually set up Like a book club but for games And I was all in But then tragedy struck The podcast ended on a huge cliffhanger And the host quit the game <laughs> I was so let down and even felt angry at them. I wanted to relive that game through them since it was a few years since I played it and was, uh, and this was easier than replaying it myself and right when things were getting good, they ended it. But time went on and I listened to all the backlog episodes of games I'd already played and listened to every series since besides skipping the games I want to play but didn't own at the time. Also and also joined in and played the games I had in my backlog along with you guys. I think the first time I wrote in was during the Dragon Age series and I remember calling out 12.7 and my wishes of you two revisiting it to finish it. That got shut down real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I started seeing other people pester you about it and before long it was a full-on meme thanks to Jay bringing it up a lot and it seemed me or Chad would bring it up every other episode. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of others. Uh, never did I dream you guys would ever finish it. Uh, but I'm excited that you are. It makes me want to go back to the game. I quit, which was kingdoms of Amalur and finish what I started. Anyways, I'm happy Xenogears gets the closure it deserves. Thank you guys for being awesome. Thank you from dedicated listener, Dustin. P.S. Wins Xeno Saga. Let's not start that. (laughs) That is, that is something I don't know if we will ever do. (laughs) But thank you for that email. It has been a long time coming, but we finally did it. So the first thing I do want to mention is that we stopped the last episode. We stopped basically where disc two begins. And man, right away, you can tell that they either ran out of time or ran out of money for this game.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny because that, that statement has been said so many times and maybe maybe i'm just a bit overly optimistic but the more and more i heard that the more i thought it's not going to be that bad what it's it's boss fights and dungeons it's it's maybe a bit abbreviated maybe they're shorter maybe a bit more linear uh but you know i've been playing this game for 45 hours now i think i know what it what it has in store for me right even with all that it was a monumental shift i was still pretty shocked at how much The game changes. Absolutely. It's not a complete change. It's just that you get scenes like bookended with clear rush jobs.
0: Yeah. Like, so to explain to people who have not played this game, uh, disc two is basically either Faye, Ellie, or Saitan retelling their accounts of what happened. Um, and, you'll get like a scene and then all of a sudden it'll cut back to them sitting in a rocking chair talking about what happened. Um, so you'll get a scene of like probably five minutes of dialogue and then all of a sudden they cut back and then we left and then three months had passed and then we yeah. did the, And I'm just like, wow, this is like, like they're, they're straight up just like, you know, mainlining this stuff, you know? Um, and I think, All of this two had two dungeons in it? Maybe three? Because you're getting you're getting the two relics and those are both dungeons, and then you have the final dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, so three dungeons, uh two of which were fucking nightmares. Um But yeah, so uh the last we left off Fay and Ellie went off on their own to to basically live out their life because they knew Fay had id inside of him and um they wanted just to get away from conflict as much as possible. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because Ramses shows up and shoots them out of the sky. Uh when they crash, uh they black out. Ellie's gravely wounded. Um but uh they are rescued by a guy named Taurus? Is it how do you pronounce that name?
1: Taurus is the way I've pronounced it. Is it Taurus. Like astrological. Um,
0: yeah. Uh and this guy puts them in basically healing tubes. It's the classic they put you in a vat of water and you're healing somehow. Like Luke? Yeah. So, um, uh, but he, but awakens, awakens, <laughs> awakens, and is talking to him. And somehow this random guy just like finds him in the woods, and now he's a major player in this, which kind of took me by surprise. Um, maybe
1: maybe that explanation is what got left on the editing floor. That could be not an excuse for anything I don't understand. Well, they didn't explain it well enough. Must have been in the cutout parts.
0: So, there's certain people in the world who are being, they everybody in the world is being controlled by Solaris. Now, we've already destroyed Solaris, but they still exist. In fact, there's a giant military force that's still out there. Um, and, uh, they wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say they're being controlled. They're being data mined and being, like, I guess tracked. So they want to get rid of that. Um, so, uh, Taurus then decides he's been creating this thing that can be spread, that could rid everyone of their control. So, uh, Faye and, and everybody else shows up. So Saitan shows up and then all the parties back together, they find them. Um, and now they want to go spread this. It, it, it's, it's not nano machines because nano machines is what Krillian's is working on. Um, but it's something to break away from the control of Solaris. So, um, when they spread that, um, people, certain people start mutating. Uh, what they didn't know was, was that control was keeping some people from mutating into these, what they call wells, which are basically monsters. Uh, and, the wells are kind of blood hungry they're like zombies almost they They want to eat the flesh of humans um but Ellie is trying to protect them or trying to figure out a way to cure them she has she has some type of motherly power that can save some of them that haven't turned completely.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Is it it power? Sort of like a medicine. It was only yeah, it was only for the people who hadn't changed all that much.
0: Yeah. Um, and see, and like all this is in the span of like multiple cutscenes. Um. At one point, Ramses shows back up. We defeat him. He's lost his fucking mind, and it's just like just wanting to kill. He, he wants to kill Fay above all else. Um, he's
1: be- this has kind of become like comedic entertainment in this game. Yeah. Because he's always like so frustrated like a child, I feel like.
0: Yeah, acts like a child, yeah.
1: And uh, he's not supposed to be, I don't think, though. He's supposed to be this guy with a vendetta, but he comes off very childish. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, I kind of find him to be one of the funniest parts of this game now.
0: Um, so there's a part where the, the conglomerate that is the Solaris military shows up and we have a boss fight with it. Um, and then Solaris is done. After that, we then try to turn all of the remaining Xeno, or the remaining gears, I shouldn't call them Xeno gears because we get that later on. Uh, we try to turn the remaining party their gears into um omni gears to make them powerful and we have to get these things called the amni relics. There's two dungeons uh getting those. Uh one is for Billy's gear and one is for Rico's gear. Um I'm trying to imagine in between there uh we also fight the elements, the Ramses, like lieutenants, the women uh I don't think well we don't kill them because we then team up with them a little bit later on. Jeez, what am I missing here matt i like I did this a week ago
1: uh I think that's a lot of it. We get the two anima relics. I think that uh, we fight those elements in between the two. Yeah. None of the bosses I thought were all that hard here.
0: No, the only boss that well, the boss that I had to figure out how to beat was the first time we fought Deus. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, there's a couple towards the end
1: that, that it took me a, a couple of tries to figure out. But yeah. I, um, none, none of mid-bosses here in the middle of disc two were all that hard,
0: I thought. Yeah. So spliced in between some of this, face starting to recall some of his memories. Um, and we get a little bit more of what is really going on in his head because obviously he has split personalities. Um, while this is all going on, the gazelle ministry has been working to screw over Kane, which is what they've been wanting to do the entire time. Uh, and they're using Crillian to do this. Crillian uh, brings Ramses to Cain, and um, he antagonizes Ramses into killing Cain.
1: Yeah. Tells him how, how much he's being used.
0: Yeah. He's being used. Uh, he, he really is worth nothing as he said, uh, which we find out a little bit later on what that means. But the only reason why Ramses exists is because he is a replica or a a clone of Cain. And, um, the only person that could kill Cain is Cain himself. So the whole point of him was to eventually get him to kill his DNA father. I don't know. And he does. When Cain dies, the gazelle ministry is free to do whatever the hell they want. Which they do. Uh They then... Uh, use this key that they've been holding on to that Cain won't let them use. And the key is what brings up the mothership of them all. So there has been a ship uh, on the planet that has been uh, pretty much underground. It's been sitting there for 10,000 years. Yep. That you see from the very opening cinematic. Yeah. And it rises up out of the earth and come and starts floating above. Um, it's now been activated again. And this ship, like I said, is basically the ship that crash landed on this planet ten thousand years ago. And it is what many humans are calling is considered heaven. Uh, the reason why is because this is what houses. What they see is God. And we, you know, let's not go in order. Let's try to explain this game.
1: Yeah, so explain the backstory of this planet, the world, the universe, everything yeah. that happened in this game. So, it's all kind of together.
0: It's, yeah, cause you find out all this stuff like in between boss fights and people talking, which I will get to in a minute. But let's talk about the history of Xenogears itself. So in the beginning, 10,000 years ago, there was a ship. It had on board a very powerful weapon that ran off of a very powerful energy force. Human beings created it. And they were transporting it somewhere. At the same time, this energy was part of a AI network. The AI became self-aware, obviously. And the humans that were on board decided that it was too dangerous to keep. So they decided to get rid of it. Well, the AI realized this and forcefully crash it, crash landed the entire vessel onto a planet. Everyone, every human that was on the ship died except for one person. That one person was a young boy named Able. Um, <laughs> the AI then decided it needed to preserve itself. So what it did was it used its energy to give life to certain things on this planet and basically created a new form of human.
1: Well, I think at that point it, it also... Did it also plan to use these future generations of people for its reconstruction? Yes, that was the whole point. Yeah. Um
0: It, it, it was going to – the AI knew it was going to lay dormant, so it created a life that could evolve over the years that they would eventually be able to harvest humans in order to create a new body that it could house its life force. And then possibly leave the planet. For what reason? I do not know. Yeah, I, I don't think
1: it, it... It didn't intentionally crash land there. I think that was the last-ditch effort to try and kill it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so it still wants to escape, I guess.
0: Yeah, it still wants to get out. Maybe it's just become malicious. You know, that's what AIs do. Um, but in a last-ditch effort, it created human life. Those original creations were Cain, parts of the gazelle ministry, and Min Yang. Min, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Yang. Yang. Um, but Abel was one of the humans that was on board that survived. Um, the issue there is that the a i then split um, part of it laid dormant while the other part, which was called the wave force was that what it was called
1: well so the 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 wave the wave energy the wave entity
0: uh-huh
1: what my understanding of that was that it was some fourth dimensional being yeah that was trapped by the energy source that the AI was using
0: It to was power. It was basically the source that AI was using to power everything but it wasn't malicious right it and, it spent all this time wanting to go home yeah and um The wave force was, let's say it's the good guy. It saw Abel and saw how sad Abel was, so it created its own life force. It created what is essentially Ellie. Um, Now, it's not the Ellie that we all know. It is a descendant of Ellie. Uh, It created a motherly figure for Cain, which I should say, is a young Fay it's a descendant of Fay um and that's why there's such a big connection between Faye and Ellie nowadays is because at one point they were together they were they were she was created to be a mother to him and one thing that's interesting is
1: it's not just at one point that they were together, it's basically throughout the history of this planet, yeah they keep getting reincarnated in these.
0: And it always, it always seems like Ellie sacrifices herself to save Faye and everybody pretty much. So, um, and then we go down generations. So here's the thing is that I don't know how Faye, cause Faye or not Faye, but Abel dies by Cain. Cain kills him. Um, but I guess he got reincarnated so not only is there generations of of people there's also reincarnation involved as well
1: yeah that's, that's one of the biggest things I didn't really understand because at one point they try to go scientific and talk about how their memories are stored in their introns yeah the DNA and shit Yeah, inside the DNA, which means they would have to be a descendant or a relation to be able to carry that. But that doesn't make any sense when people are just reincarnated in any random body.
0: Well, see, that's what happens with with Min Yang, is that she's kind of like a Cylon. When she dies, she just goes to another body. And since she's the source of all women... She can basically take control of any woman on the planet.
1: So is she the only character that does that, or is it basically everybody but Phase lineage
0: that does that? I think it's only her. Um, And I think because she came from the other, the AI rather than the the wave force or whatever. I mean, this stuff gets deep. So let's cut to generations later. And we see this, we see Ellie constantly sacrifice herself or one of her descendants sacrifice herself to, to save the, the the human race or to save Faye or whatever Faye's ancestors are um but we eventually make it to 500 years ago and 500 years ago they had a big war between was it Shavat and Solaris? Yep. And uh everybody the Shivat was trying to stop Solaris. They got into a big ass war um and uh th- the main players in it were Sophia which was basically Ellie. She was a, a holy mother, as they called her, that um was like a healer and also a leader. Um Fay's descendant, which was Lacan or L- Lacan, whatever you want to call it. And there was other people too. Uh Krillian was one of them. And then Bart and uh Sigs one of his their ancestors they were all part of this group that were trying to fight off Solaris. And in the end, um, it came down to it that uh, Sophia, or Ellie, decided to sacrifice herself to save everyone and keep Solaris at bay. When this happened, basically, the factions split. Lacan... Fay went off in one direction, while Krillian went off on another. Both men were deeply in love with Sophia. Crillian decided that he wanted to figure out a way to stop this cycle. He realized that there was some kind of cycle where whoever Sophia was, whoever Ellie is, Needs to stop this whole, everybody's going to constantly die. So he figured out a way to bring God back to life. Thay's um, descendant, Lacan, decided he didn't want any of that. And the only way he can get peace is by destroying everybody. So Lacan then turned into Graf. And we all know who Graf is—the big one of the big villains of the uh, of the game. So that was 500 years ago, and now we're back at it again with Fay. But there's a lot going on because obviously Fay is a descendant from Abel. He's a key player in the resurrection of God, along with Ellie and along with Min Yang. Uh, these three players need to be together and need to basically join in order for God to be resurrected. Uh, Kry- because, because the God's
1: power was actually split into those three entities. Yeah. Where the, the powers were in one, the, I don't know, what the love was in another,
0: and the... Memories were in the third one. Yeah, something like that. Because basically when the wave force separated from from the AI itself, that was when things split. And Crillian realized that he had to get all these people together, and he waited 500 years for them all to be, I guess, reincarnated to get them all together. Um. So in the end, or close to the end, uh, we, we go to the, the heaven that's floating above, and Krillian is there. Along with, um, Minyang, and then Ramses is there as well, and we're trying to stop Ramses from what he's doing. He's, uh, violently pissed, and, um, in a very rash move, decides to attack uh, Minyang. She's betrayed him for the last time. He kills her, and as we know, when Minyang dies, she can take over any woman. Well guess who she takes over? She takes over Ellie. That's one step. Now we have Minyang and Ellie combined together. Now all we gotta do is get Thay in there, or at least that's what Krillian says. Uh He attacks Krillian, but doesn't kill him um, and we get the backstory of Ramses so Ramses was genetically engineered by Krillian uh a to be a cop- a copy of Cain so that and he was completely made in order to kill Cain but while he was still being bred in his test tube. We get a cutscene showing Krillian and Faye's mom talking, saying that, uh, Faye's mom realizes that, uh, she can, uh, her son probably has the ability to kill Kane as well. So we probably don't need Ramses. He's useless to us. And his- Everybody seems to call him useless. Yeah. And so, and ever since he was born, He's been known as useless, which drove him insane. Um. Crap. So let's talk about what's going on with Fay, and this is where we get the big, the big reveal. The big reveal was was that when Fay was a young boy, um, his mother was taken over by BinYang. And she was taking him to Solarus secretly to have experiments done on him. Very painful experiences. And uh, Faye, as a child, in order to try to survive the ordeal that is all these experiments, he decided to block them out. And that's where he created Id, a different personality that took the brunt of all these evil and painful experiments and turned him into a spiteful hate filled person.
1: That just keeps getting worse because he keeps feeding it all of his negative memories and negative thoughts.
0: Yeah. So that coward that Ed keeps referring to whenever he's talking to Faye is Faye's child personality when he was a boy. So Faye has three personalities that we know. They also mention a fourth personality, but I never, it never was brought up again. Um, but we get all this in a cutscene where Faye is talking to himself inside of his own mind and memories are starting to come back to him. Uh, and the biggest memory. See, Id is is carrying Faye and the coward Faye, the child Faye, around in his mind trying to show him what all he's seen. And the biggest thing is that um Graf shows up when he was a boy, and in order to Save his mom, or who he thought was his mom, uh, he releases his power, his almighty power, or whatever. And it ends up killing his mom. At least that's what, that's, that's, that's what his young self sees. So his young self hates Id because he killed his mom. But then he starts remembering, and we see that his mom is able to break free of Min Yang's mind control powers for a split second. And she's actually jumping in the way of Faye's power, and she sacrifices herself for her son. And that's when the young child, Faye, finally lets go. And allows Faye to become one again. He sees that his mom sacrificed herself to save him, save Faye. And that's when we see that, uh, that Graf is basically the big perpetrator of them all. Um, but there is still one last secret that we need to talk about. So there's been the, the, um, the wise man who we've constantly ran into at times, he finally reveals himself and look, it's his dad. It's Faye's dad. And he's there, um, at the core of the, God, was it the, the I can't remember what the, what the name of the ship is, but the big mothership of them all. And, uh, he's there. To, what's that? Is it Mahanen? Mahanen, that's it, yeah. Mahanen. And he's there trying to convince, which at this point, Id has taken over phase uh, body again. And this is, while Id is, is in phase body and controlling him, that's when he's having this confliction in his mind. Um, and Id, or, or Id finally gives up and lets Faye take back over. And that's like while they're fighting, while, um, uh, Faye and Faye's dad's fighting. And, uh, luckily he stops him in time. He rushes over to his dad and he's talking to him. And then all of a sudden, oh no, his dad turns into Graf. That's right. His father has been Graf all along. <laughs> who is also Fay 500 years ago. I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, (laughs) we are able to, um, we're able to finally defeat graph. Yeah. Just
1: a lot of, uh, Happening and hawing uh, over, over, you're my dad, I can't kill you.
0: Uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> apparently, Graf decided to uh, help us in the end. He jumped into the, the part that's housing the AI to s- stop it or slow it down or something. And... That's the thing, is all this happens and then time passes again. And then they're like, okay, we need, because what happens is Ellie, or Ellie being controlled by Min Yang, gets absorbed into the the AI core. Um, and then we have to go and, and rescue her. Um. I have to mention though there's a part where they're using Faye and the rest of the party as bait to get Ellie to come to uh to Krillion. This is before uh Ramsa shows up and kills Minyang. Yang.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he <laughs> he puts all their gears up on crucifixes, but Choo Choo doesn't have a gear. So he just puts Choo Choo up on a fucking crucifix. <laughs> it is the dumbest looking fucking thing ever. <laughs> it's like this pink little mascot thing up on a crucifix. And it looks so stupid.
1: <laughs> I like how they also took the time to show us those gears on cru- crucifixes for like seven minutes, it oh felt like.
0: Oh my fucking
1: god. For every- angle like slow motion pan around them and then from forever. Oh but scene. Yeah,
0: they they really like that cutscene. Um but anyway. So we go to the last dungeon, which my God. Yeah. Oh fuck this dungeon. It's so fucking confusing and it's puzzle driven where you have to push certain So there's an upstairs and a downstairs to it, right? And you have to go to these circles and push to make bridges, but the bridge may be under, up under the thing. So it may be downstairs, even though you're upstairs moving a bridge. Fuck this. Like, seriously, I, I, I looked at that. I looked at the map and said, uh uh. And I went, immediately went to YouTube and found, just show me a video of how to get out of this. Yeah. And that's exactly, Yeah. That's exactly what I did. Cuz I was like I am not dealing with this. <laughs> um but that's that's the last dungeon and when we get to the end, I mean that's that's basically the end there. So, uh when we reach the core, we have all our party members. Um and the core is surrounded by four orbs. These orbs are different types of abilities that the core can use during the fight. So, um, it would be very, uh, very wise to take out those four abilities first. And those are like mini boss fights.
1: And notice you're calling it the core and not Deus.
0: Well, Deus. Oh well, yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. I just call it the core because it, it looks like a gigantic heart and then when yeah. you then, when you fight it, it turns into yeah a, you know deus, so um we take out those four uh ability bosses, I don't know what they're really called, but um although one of them sucked because it kept draining all my fuel,
1: yeah, I tried to beat one, so basically before. In 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 a very kind of explicit way, they say you have two strategies: either attack Deus directly while you're still at full power, or try to take out the four, you know, the four side components that are giving him power, feeding him power. So they also explicitly say, oh, you don't have to use your main people. So the first time I tried this boss fight, I subbed out all three of my mains for three other people, and then went to fought. To fight one of the, the orbs and died immediately. Couldn't even like barely damage the boss that I was fighting. So I just said, fuck it, and then went straight for Deus and killed him directly.
0: Oh really? With all his abilities and everything?
1: With all his abilities, I couldn't it basically I I couldn't do five fights in a row, it would have it would have drained me. So I just I loaded everything onto my main three and then and then went straight for him and took him out.
0: Nice. I I actually took out the four things. Um there was a strategy because like I said, I watched a video that helped me um get through that uh dungeon. I continued watching to see how they took out the boss using Choo Choo. Uh <laughs> she ha- she has a uh healing ability. So you can just constantly heal your gears. And that's what I used for the for those. But whenever I went to the boss, um I used um God, it was Fay, Saitan, and Bart.
1: Yep, yeah, same three I used. Um it was choo choo and any in basically in the game at all. <laughs> she had that kind of ability, it might have might have changed a few
0: things. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um and since I took out all those abilities. That boss was a fucking pushover. It kept hitting me a bunch, but it was only hitting me for like maybe 200 damage.
1: Oh, I, I, it came down to the wire for me. So of my three characters, I only had Faye left. Oh, really? But I was feeling pretty good. I had 20,150 life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he did some ultimate that did 19,000 damage to me. Oh, boy. And I basically said, Well, this is it, I've got one one shot left, so I was only at sort of power level two, so I did my level two death blow and, and that was just enough. So I killed him when I was just on the verge of death.
0: Very nice. I um I think Bart went down. Um because they for some reason they kept fucking targeting Bart. So this boss, Deus, it actually uses Ellie and Min Yang to attack so you got these little angels that look like them that float around and hit them. And then you also, the Deus itself uses like this big exploding attack that hurts everybody. Um, but I was able to get Faye into infinite mode or infinity mode or what it's called. And, um, uh, he, he does some crazy damage with some of his stuff.
1: Yeah. I had him beefed up. So he was doing, Basically, nine 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 damage with every every hit when he yeah. was in. in
0: um, so after that, which I should mention, I haven't mentioned before, but there's anime cutscenes in this game, which kind of looked shockingly
1: good to me. I don't. They they did look good. The game itself looks good, but watching some of these anime anime cutscenes, I I was impressed.
0: I will say this: they look good but they are horribly fucking dubbed.
1: Yeah. They, yeah. They're
0: bad. Wow. I'm talking there's full blown dialogue being said, at least their mouths, but like they're saying two words in English. I'm like, wow, that doesn't match up at all. Yep. Um So after that, uh, we defeat the AI Deus, and we knew this going into it. That obviously this is the source of all magical and power for Gears. So when we destroy it, no Gears will work on the planet. Nothing like that. And when we defeat it, nobody can move in their Gears except for Um, I guess because he's not bound by it. I don't know. Um, Because he has the Xeno gear. That's his gear. Um, but the issue is... Is that when we defeat it... It's then going to explode. We didn't calculate for that. And it's going to blow up so bad... That it's probably going to destroy the planet. So there's really nothing else we can do. But then somehow... It starts, the whole core starts floating up into the sky. And they're like, oh shit. Ellie's doing it again. She's going to sacrifice herself in order to save everybody. But Fay says, I'm not having any of that. And so he goes after her. And he's floating up with his gear. It goes into the atmosphere. And... Honestly, I don't know what happens. Huh. They're naked, um. So it flashes white, and then we get an anime cutscene of Fay there with Ellie. They're both naked, and they're talking to Krillian, who is now ascended into. Whatever this is, he's now just a floating face talking. But then he manifests as a naked person, and he's decided he just wants to go off with the the life, the wave force. I think is what it's called,
1: and the wave existence, the wave
0: existence. Thank you. The wave existence is going to go into the the fourth dimension. I don't know. It's, it's, it's some dimension. It's going to leave the planet, and uh, Krillian has a change of heart because he's going to take Ellie with him. But he sees how much Ellie and Faye love each other that he decides to let Ellie go. And I, I guess this is happening on like a different plane of existence or something.
1: Yeah, I just assumed that with the with the wave existence kind of running the show, you're getting ready to leave that you will write the whole thing off as some other plane.
0: Yeah. And Krillian then has angel wings and flies off into this new dimension. So this this thing, you see the planet, you see what's the core which is about to explode it goes up into the atmosphere and then just kind of, it doesn't actually explode. Does it? It, it just kind of just goes into like a, it crosses over to another dimension. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, everybody back on the planet is like, where's Faye? Did he make it out? And, uh, oh man, Bart, that guy's voice actor. oof. <laughs> is bad yep Um. and they're like oh no I see something and here comes the Xeno gear with Faye and Ellie both in the cockpit they're both got clothes on and um, the the cockpit opens up they're there and they smile and then it rolls credits Um, interesting thing that pops up. Um, it says ending of Xeno Gears episode five. And then it plays the credits. Here's, I'm not going to say how I have a better idea for how this story should have went. But I feel like I have a better idea for how this story should have went. I thought it would have been absolutely fantastic if all humans, you know, they believed that God existed in this thing because they don't understand it. But come to find out, it's just an AI that crash landed there a long time ago. And it's malicious. They don't realize it, so they have to destroy it. I thought that would be fine. And the whole thing of like, you know, people's memories being carried on through DNA. Sure. That's totally fine too. Um But I would, I would have rather have had it where even the people who have been around for a long time don't actually know what this, this God that they're worshiping is. And it's really just an evil AI that they don't know, they don't realize what happens until they, you know, wake it up. I figured, I thought that would be a really cool just, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like the only example I can really think of is you remember, uh, the new Star Trek movies, Matt? Yep. You remember the second movie where at the very beginning of it, they're on a planet trying to, to save the planet from some something bad happening on the planet and they see the the starship and yep. now now they start worshiping it as a god
1: Yeah kind of a, a standard Star Trek trope.
0: Yeah. That's what I was kind of hoping for with this ending. See, uh,
1: I I could see that as a a simpler pretty good ending but it doesn't really fit with how this game is trying to be so philosophical.
0: Yeah. At the same time, do we need to have mystical shit? Couldn't it just be that, that, you know, there's humans on other worlds. They just don't know that this world exists. And it just so happens one of their starships crash lands on this earth and it creates a whole fucking ecosystem and, and a whole society lives off of this and they worship this starship as it's God. And there's a whole lot more to everything than just what they see on this planet. I mean, I thought that would have been a terrific ending, you know?
1: I mean, isn't that most of what this is just with the fourth dimensional being,
0: but yeah, but just with this, you know, fourth dimensional being, which I was, I was always hoping that it would be like, it would just turn into yet another AI, you know, like kind of like how mass effect was, you know, mass effects ending was like, Oh, the Reapers are just an AI, you know, it's, we call it a God because we don't understand it. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and I thought that would have been cool. And then, you know, cause here's what I'm thinking, because this is obviously episode five and they made Xenosaga. One, two, and three. There was supposed to be a game after that. And then there was supposed to be a game after Xeno Gears. So there's supposed to be six, supposed to be a six parter. And I would like to have seen the game that led up to the, the, the spacecraft landing on the planet. You know? Like it could have ended episode four with, well, we're, we're creating this new AI and we're, we're transporting it to another planet. And then the AI takes over and then, oh shit, we got to get rid of this thing, destroy it, and we, we just crash land it. And that would have been the Mm -hmm. ending of episode four. Certainly
1: tie some things together.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I just, uh, I I mean, that's just me. Do I still think this game is cool? Yeah. I just think it could have left out the mysticism. It's kind of like, you remember when we played uh, Metro 2033? Mm-hmm. And it had ghosts, aliens, mutants, and uh, I don't know, what else? <laughs> and I was like, dude, there's, they're shoving so much shit into this fucking game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's just me. What about you? How do you feel about it?
1: I, I I really like it, but maybe along the same lines i'm not to say that I think it would have been better if it were a little simpler, but I would have maybe appreciated it more if I could have put more of the pieces together myself there's just so many like by the end of the game, you know it makes sense, and you know i 've done a little bit more reading I still don't really understand half of it i'm sure, but you know while while you're going through the game there's so many. Not, not so many characters, not like there's too big of a cast, but there's there's recurring characters. You don't really understand their relationships until later in the game. And all of that I like, but when you throw in some of this other stuff at the end, in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 hours of the game, it does make it a bit more complex than I think I was able to digest in the in the times we were playing it. Like it. If I'd had no guide to play this with, and no YouTube to look up some videos, no interpretations, no Wikipedia, I wouldn't have had any fucking idea what this game was about.
0: Yeah.
1: That being said, there are times when I can certainly Mm -hmm. appreciate a story without knowing everything about what's going on, like Primer, first time I watched Primer. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I I do really like it. I would. I want to say I would love to play it again to to see if it makes more sense on, you know, when you know sort of those relationships going in. But this isn't a game I could just pick up and oh, I'll just pop another playthrough of Xenogears. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to sit down for another 60 hours just to see if it's better on the second playthrough story wise.
0: I would um, really like to know what happened in the development of this game. Because I feel like the second disc should have been either as long or maybe 20 hours shorter than the first disc. Yeah. Because if they had have fleshed out more of the story and, uh, and spread it out throughout, it may have made a little bit more sense.
1: Especially uh, when you get all the big reveals on disc two and they're all crammed
0: into such a small in space. In a 30-minute span, yeah. And I just like, you know, it had such good intentions that could have been implemented. And I'm sure that the developers wanted to implement them, but they either ran out of time or money. Because, I mean, that's that. This too is a fucking rush job. And
1: I to would. To be honest, don't hate it though. If you can give me the best scenes. Without you know like let's say disc one had been like disc two, and they had planned it like that from the start, if you could have spread out like you were saying spread out the story and made it a thirty hour game instead of a sixty or seventy hour game man that that could have been that could have been tight, yeah it would have been weird because you don't expect to see you know you don't expect to see people escaping from from burning buildings and explosions via a text box on the screen. Yeah. You know, then we rushed out of the building and 10 years passed. and it, it it was jarring, but it was jarring, I think, because disc one was so long and so detailed. Yeah. You know, I, I I would have been okay if disc two was like disc one, but I also might have been okay if disc one was like disc two. Yeah. And and not rushed. You know, if it had been planned like that give me all these cool little scenes to play through and then fill the gaps in. I mean, I guess there weren't really visual novels in ninety six or ninety seven whenever this came out. Mm. But you know, but but had this game been kind of straddling that line a little bit, I don't know. Could have been could've been interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: It wouldn't have been the presumed Final Fantasy that it was early in development but you know it didn't really end up like that anyway
0: it was most certainly ambitious because I, I don't think I had heard of a story like that you know before Evangelion which I don't know when Evangelion came out it may very well have came out before this but I didn't see Evangelion until way, way after this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I understand it. I just, I don't know. I wouldn't say I didn't like it because I, I, I did like it. I just feel like it was, it was too much in one short span. And they could have fleshed it out a little bit more. At the same time, I did have my expectations and unfortunately they didn't meet them. Or how I would have imagined the game to be. Yeah. But um, final thoughts, Matt? I
1: I think I got pretty much what I was expecting. Which is a really long PS1 RPG and there's some, for me, still some negatives just associated with that Phrase, mm. you know the random encounters, the at times unclear direction on where you're supposed to go, especially when you're on the overworld map. Yeah. Um, you know those are just kind of inherent to me in in most PS1 RPGs, so I'm certainly not going to fault Xenogears for it, but you know th- th- those are two of the big reasons I don't didn't really like RPGs until. PS2 era right um, so kind of, kind of knowing that and kind of expecting a, a long story a convoluted story yeah I got that I you know I actually liked some of the freedom I love the way the game looks I love well, I, don't, I don't love the control because I think it leads to its own issues but certainly I think that's an, an interesting choice to give the player the ability just to jump doesn't sound that drastic, but in this type of game, it, it kind of was. You know, you get platform, platforming elements. Uh, you know, on top of that, camera rotation. I like that they give you that control, even though it wasn't terribly well implemented in some parts. Yeah. Especially, especially dungeons. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I a lot of that stuff either was what I expected or the negatives came with positives and the positives came with negatives. So it's all kind of a wash. I I enjoyed it. I would love to see, I would have loved to have played that game when it came out, I think. Yeah. Or some kind of newer Xeno
0: game. Yeah. I, um, I feel pretty much the same way. Um, I feel to me the overarching thing to me is, is that we finally finished this fucker.
1: <laughs> yeah. All other things being said, I'm really glad that we finally were able to finish this because, for better or worse, you know, I think this is a game that deserves to be finished. Oh yeah. Especially because all of that story, all of those reveals, all come on the second disc. You know, had we never picked this up again, I, I really would have would have left the game
0: disappointed. But yeah, it's it's finally done, guys. It's uh, four years in the making. Man, kind of crazy.
1: I would also still love to, if I were ever to replay this game, to really look at some of the other underpinnings of the game, some of the more philosophical aspects. Right. And psychological aspects, I think... You know, having those tied to the real world, uh, you know, explorations, having a better understanding of that going into it would add a bit more, a bit more weight to the game also.
0: Absolutely. But, yeah, that is, that's scene of Gears, guys. We beat it. Can't believe it. <laughs> I was so against going back to this game. Originally, but then I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, next game going to be Wolfenstein. A very, very different game, a very different game, but I am, uh, I'm actually really excited to play this game. Um, have you played any of it, Matt?
1: Uh, when I first picked it up, I played about two hours of it.
0: Okay. Um, i uh i that like Wolfenstein was like my jam back in the day. I've never played this one. I know everybody said it was great, and uh I think just a lot of stuff was coming out at the time, and I wasn't able to pick it up, but we're finally playing it I'm we'll gonna be playing it on the p c and uh I'm really because i uh it's been a long time since I played a Wolfenstein game, but uh yeah, we're gonna be doing that Wolfenstein the new order. Which I should say, uh, is, wait, what, about two years old now, three years old. Yeah, two or three. Somewhere running right there. We're going to be doing that. Um, don't exactly know how many episodes. I'm guessing three. But, uh, what were we saying?
1: No, I, I just, I think it's two. Two.
0: Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, thank you for the emails, guys, and, uh, keep them coming. We're going to be playing, like I said, we're playing Wolfenstein. Uh, you can send an email. It's Drew at ZTGD.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. We're uh, ZTGD Phoenix down. I am at DMFury and Matt is at REMGS. Uh, you can tweet to us there. Um, as far as future games go, I'm not certain yet. I guess we'll figure that out later on. But um, we do have a somewhat of a template of stuff that we would like to try to do this year. I say I did save that email talking about that stuff.
1: Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Um, but one last thing before we go, because I want, I I wanted to talk to you about it and I wanted to mention on the show. Have you seen the trailer for the dark tower? Yes, I have. What do you think? (sighs)
1: <sighs> I, I've had quite a lot of emotions with that. Trailer. <laughs> um, I'm still really happy that they're making it. Yeah. And I started off on a high point because I really love the poster that they came out with a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I, you've seen it where it's like the city's inverted. So you see the tower in the negative space between the upside down buildings. Yeah. that That I think is awesome. I think it looks great. I think it's even more than just kind of looking cool. It it has some ties to the world. So I I was already kind of like, oh, maybe they're going to do this right. You know, not only are they doing it, but they're going to do it right. And then I saw the trailer, and I don't really know what to think of it. My first impression is I'm not all that impressed. Uh, it looks like a Hollywood movie. It doesn't look like The Dark Tower. Yeah. And separately, I still have some issues with the. You know, the first book is such an easy standalone thing. You know, i I've gotten much more relaxed in my, let's say, requirement for a movie adaptation to mirror its source material. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a negative opinion just because they change things. But this this is an epic seven book series and it seems weird to me that they would take stuff from the first two to three books and just kind of mine parts from all three of those books to put into a movie. Yeah. And I you know I don't know what the thought there would be then if it does well you do the rest of the series maybe in two or three movies. I I don't know.
0: I feel like they should have made this like a HBO television show.
1: Yeah, I mean, ever since Game of Thrones came out, that, that's that been my dream. The Dark Tower, if it's to be done right, it would be done, you know, high production values and, you know, 12 episode seasons would be amazing. That I think that's the best you could ever hope for. And there is some talk about a Dark Tower TV adaptation as well. So I, to some degree that must be hanging on how well this movie does. Right. I would imagine. So it it then would make me sad if the thing that I want doesn't get made because some weird abomination gets shoehorned out into the cinema. I mean it it, I don't, it, it, it was
0: looked, it looks so promising too. That was the thing. It's like the first the beginning of the trailer I was like, okay. Alright. And then you know they show Jake, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm I'm like, okay, are they gonna are they gonna introduce the other characters?
1: Yeah. Are there are those other characters even in the movie?
0: I don't think so. Oh. I don't think we're gonna get Eddie.
1: And you know, so that that was my thought as well and there are so many things that i don't care about changing but man so much of this story is about the dynamic of that group
0: yeah it's 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 supposed to be stephen king wrote it as his lord of the rings but you got yeah. you got to have your fellowship of the rings in order to have this movie and you have two characters so far that i've seen in the party when, you know, one of my favorite books in that entire series is The Drawing of the Three. Yep. And that's where he gets his party members. And it's so fucking cool how they do that. So anybody who doesn't know, The Dark Tower is obviously based on a Stephen King series um of the same name, The Dark Tower series. Um And he has wrote it over the span of fucking 30 years his whole life basically yeah he started the first book which was called the gunslinger um when he was a kid even 18 i think yeah and he finished god when was the dark tower released the dark tower was released 2010 or was it late? or was it earlier than that
1: um i was going to say yeah,
0: maybe 2010. Maybe I would I would have said 08 ish. 08, somewhere around in there. So that's how long it took him to do this. And that is some of the weirdest fucking shit I've ever read. The thing, I, and I don't read that much, but I that's one thing I did was I stuck with that series because I was like, this is so freaking weird and cool.
1: Uh, came out in 04.
0: Wow. The last one did? Yep. So 82 to 04. There you go. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. I, I suggest anybody out there who's interested in sci-fi and fantasy should check it out because it most certainly feels like a fantasy novel, but at the same time, there's a tons of science fiction in it.
1: And it, you know, I, it, I think it has those two things, but you know, the third component there is Stephen King. Like it, it feels like a Stephen King book. it's yeah. it's, it's slow in parts. It's it's very much characters and the way they react to the world around them and and each other. It, you know, it, it, as much as the sci-fi and the fantasy element, it, you know, those two plus a healthy Seasoning of Stephen King isms.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. I, uh, I was really hoping that they would dive into the drawing of the three. Cause that's, that's my favorite book in the entire series. And it's so cool. Cause he's going to different times. And, you know, obviously stuff that you can resonate with because, oh, this guy, well, I mean, you know, Eddie was from the, what, the late 80s? Yeah, New York City in the eighties. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, you obviously when he wrote that book, you know, it was, you know, that was when it was happening. So people could resonate with that guy at the time, you know, so there's somebody from our time with Roland at the same time. Um, and he's not even going to be in the movie or at least I don't see him in the movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do there.
1: My my takeaway was that it might still be an okay movie, but it's not going to be The Dark Tower.
0: Yeah. I'll be honest with you. When I saw that trailer, I immediately got flashbacks to those kind of generic sci-fi movies like Jupiter Rising and shit like that. Like, yeah. tons of production value and star power, but they are ultimately flops at the box office. Yep. And that's what I see there. And I'm just like, well, there goes that. My takeaway, though, is
1: another takeaway is that if it turns out to be a mediocre movie, that still puts it as one of his best.
0: Yeah, it's very so true. Movies
1: are garbage. Well, I don't know. I mean, the low production value, certainly. Some of them I love, like the Langoliers. Yeah. Uh, despite
0: there being kind of crappy movies. Yeah. What was the one? He did the people under the stairs, right? Mm, Not sure. Pretty sure he did. I actually liked the people under the stairs and we, I mean, we can't forget his probably his most popular movie and probably the, the most well-regarded one, the green mile. And stand by me. And stand by me. His non stephen King type Book. movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't know. He, he actually wrote The Green Mile. So, um, yeah. that's, um, Apt Pupil is another one that I always lump with those, get with those. The what now?
1: It's called Apt Pupil.
0: Oh yeah. Apt Pupil. Man, that movie's fucking weird. Yep. Got fucking Ian McCullum in it as a ex SS officer living in uh the United States. And he this a deranged fucking kid turning into a fucking Nazi. <laughs> man, Stephen King's got a fucked up head, you know that <laughs> Oh man. I don't know, we'll see. To me, I'll be honest with you, it looks like a generic action movie. Yep. And I I hate that because everybody will look at it like, oh, it's just a generic action movie when they don't realize how fucking in-depth the world is in those books.
1: Yeah, and definitely not generic. It's got its own, you you know, it's a slow decay. It's a world where nothing really works. It, you know, it, it's definitely got its own feel to it. Yeah. It's not generic action setting.
0: It's so freaking cool, man. Like, uh, there's so, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, this book came out years ago. Uh, y- you finally realize after a couple of books that where Roland is from, he's, he's basically from the future. He is years upon years upon years after the apocalypse had happened. So everything's you know, fucked. Um, and one of the coolest things is, is they eventually make it to this dilapidated city that is ran by an AI. And the AI is still awake. Hey, we're going back to Xenogears. <laughs> and the, AI, they get on a fucking train and the train wants to fucking make them solve riddles and shit uh, for its amusement and shit like it's so fucking cool. Oh man, yeah. I love that fucking series.
1: I was really, really hooked when I started reading these. When I when I got into it, I liked the first one, and then every one I started liking more and more and more. Yeah. And just you know, just the more I got used to those characters and the world, uh it was it it, it was one of my best like reading experiences of my whole life, I think.
0: And then the, you know the Crimson King and all that stuff. Oh, man, and they're not going to go into any of that. I guarantee it. Yeah, I, I would have said that they're not going to,
1: but I, I have this feeling that Stephen King wants to tie more of his stuff together before he stops writing or dies.
0: Do you think he will be in the movie?
1: Oh. If it didn't look so slick, I would say absolutely.
0: <laughs> I think he will. I think think he's probably
1: every one of those Marvel movies and he's he's gonna Stan
0: Lee it. Yeah.
1: I think so. Okay. I'll bet he's in there somewhere. Maybe it's a mask or something, but I think he'll be there.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's enough for the dark tower hour. Um, but anybody out there who, if I have piqued your interest whatsoever, give those books a shot. They are fantastic. And you're, this is coming from a guy who does not read. I, I don't read at all.
1: And I, I read quite a lot and I would also recommend them.
0: Yeah. I, I, I am not a reader at all. These are pretty easy books to read. Um, there are some slow moments in some of them. Um, and then there's one book that's like all like it, it didn't, you know, it's, it's like backstory shit. That's my favorite one. You like that one the most. I, see, that's the thing: is like it, it went away from the mystery of the world because it was explaining the world.
1: Yeah, to to me, it was. I, I I was in love with those characters enough to now get that backstory and to figure out how they became who they are. What really elevated them for the rest of the series for me. Well, him. Yeah.
0: But anyway. That's uh, that's it for us. Um, we have finished Zeno Gears. Uh, and the dark, yeah, and the dark tower, which I finished that years ago on night shift. When I worked night shift, that was when I got into those books. I was like, I wanna "Isn't that it? one of his books too?" <laughs> What's that now? Doesn't he have a book called Night Shift? I think so, <laughs> but um. Yeah, that was, that's, that's one of the crazy things is that I, I got into that book, that book series. I, I didn't even know. I like, I, I was just skimming books at like Barnes and Noble and I was like, Stephen King, he's wrote a shit ton of books and I kind of like some of his movies. Uh, and I was like, The Gunslinger, what the fuck's this about? Is like a Western? And I was like, yeah, it's a short book. I'll pick it up. I read it and I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like a, a combination of like a Western mixed with like, some weird fantasy shit. Like there's, there's like fucking like druids and shit in it. And there was like this ghost thing. And I was like, wow, this is fucking crazy. And I was like, Oh, and I looked it up on the internet. It's like, Oh, this is a fucking series of books. And I was like, all right. And so I just started reading them all and became fucking hooked. And then again, the dark tower, my God, how long is that fucking book? <laughs> the last book. Whew. yep. That is a read. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys have a great week, Uh, but we will be back uh, next week to talk about Wolfenstein. Until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great one. We'll be back next week with the beginning of Wolfenstein, The New Order.